0: (laughs) What's going on, crew? It's Monday! It's time to hit those goals harder than we did the week before! What's up, folks? Paul Artale here, motivational speaker, author, clearly a podcaster. Welcome to Fiercely Successful, that show that helps you go after your dreams week by week. This is your infusion, and this theme of the week is called Comical by my man AJ Stolino. Um very fitting for the theme we have today. Today we're talking about my book, The Two Year Old's Guide to Work Life Balance, available on Amazon.com. But um I thought was I would go with a more comical or lighthearted uh generic stock music this week. And you know, why not? Uh I went to the children's section on, on, on the generic stock music website. And came up with that. It was kind of fun. It, you know, I, I don't know if my child would ever listen to something like that. Kind of sounds like something a deranged clown doctor would listen to while they're trying to mutilate you in an operation. But hey, whatever worked. It's fun. It's fun loving. That's the whole point of the book: two year old's guide to work life balance. But today, I'm not going to just tell you about the book. I'm going to share three, maybe four lessons. Definitely three. When I talk about work life balance, I kind of sometimes add extra content, but at least three concepts um, from the book and beyond the book. The two-year-old's guide to work-life balance is two years old this month, and I I think there's lessons I've learned in the two years of the book being released that uh, probably should be its own book or at least its own addendum to the book. So I'm going to talk about that, but of course, again, thanks to all those who uh, downloaded, listened, commented, all the good things on last week's episodes on... uh, three motivational mantras you need and by the way if you haven't listened to that you should check it out it's kind of a cooler episode uh funny part about that was that i forgot to publish it i had it recorded ahead of time but uh didn't publish it to like wednesday because i didn't hit the publish button on my on my uh on my podcast program so it goes to show you that you just got to learn to laugh it off and, and roll with it but hey check out the three motivational mantras it's, it's i think it's cool i like the way i framed it um and i'm, I'm kind of proud of it and i think it'd be good things you know the messaging we tell our tell ourselves is really important so check that out check out all the other episodes in the archive but this week we're talking about the two-year-old's guide to work-life balance so i'm just gonna tell you really briefly about the book and then we're gonna go into i think some points about work-life balance especially from a child's perspective that are important so in a nutshell the whole premise of the book the whole story behind the book is i went to a aspiring vice president's conference many years ago and out in nashville tennessee and my son was two and a half at the time and basically, I, I was, you know, every night I was talking to him and the family back when I was in Nashville and they were over in Michigan. Then we got home and on the flight home, I was always trying to think about, well, is this kind of what I want to do with my life? And of course, um, I was I was sick. I had some sort of weird stomach bug, bug I caught on the travel. And, you know, I got home. I wanted to take a couple of days off. And of course, I couldn't take a couple of days off because the minute I landed, some drama erupted with my job at the time. And, you know, so even though a couple of things happened, number one, even though I was home, I don't think I saw my son for 36 hours, maybe 48 hours after I landed in Michigan, even though I mean, literally, I was sleeping in the same house as him, as my wife said, at one point, I was. Asleep to the point where he was poking me in the eye and and I wouldn't wake up. And then, of course, I woke up, I wasn't feeling good. And then, of course, I had to go into work to do some things when I wasn't feeling well. And of course, when I want more importantly, wanted to see my family. And so that sort of just made me rethink about my whole life. And during that time, my son was learning to talk, and the things he was saying were just cutting through me like a knife. And of course, they weren't intended to make me think about my life and work life balance, but they did. And that whole book is just about how my son revealed nine lessons, nine expressions or sayings of his helped reveal to me what I think work-life balance. I think his life is all about. And so that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. That was really the the book, the impetus that made me really go harder into motivational speaking and spreading my message and doing everything. And I want to share a few of the, the tips. Now the first tip, uh, really it's the first chapter of the book. First chapter of the book is titled Why. Why? Because that is the question all children ask, isn't it, right, over and over again. Why, 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 why? And my son would do it, and he would ask me one day if I was happy, and I'd said yes, and he'd said why, and I really didn't have a good answer for him. And the, the why question is really important, right? Like, why is it we're doing what we're doing right? What are the, what's the true motive behind it? And you have to be honest with yourself. And because it it has implications for if you're happy or not, or if you're in the right mindset to be happy. And I think that's important, right? I mean, let's be honest, some of us are doing our jobs and doing what we're doing, because we just need to pay the bills. And that's okay. We begin to understand that why, because sometimes we're doing things on a weekly basis thinking that's what we're supposed to be doing. Or maybe that's what we're good at doing But we answer that why, The why really just comes down to it's just it's just paying the bills. And that's why we feel stuck sometimes. Right. Like why? You know, you you think about all these times in your career that you feel stuck and you've put years into a profession. You think that's your calling. But when you really dig into the why of why you do it, sometimes you're not left with much of a deep answer. And so I think the first thing you have to do is ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing, why you're in the situation you're in. Why is it you want what you want? Right. That's important too. Right. Why did I want to be a motivational speaker? Right. I was always kind of doing it. Why did I want to do it more seriously? Why? Because it was fun. Why? Because I get to help people in a completely different way. Why? Because to me, when I'm on stage, when I'm in f- behind a microphone, it is the purest most unfiltered version of myself, and I love that because that's how I can help people. I say things that I, I think a lot of people are afraid to say but often think, especially when it comes to work-life balance, and I love it, and so I had to really dig deep with why. So you really need to pepper yourself with why. Pepper pepper yourself with that question in terms of what you're actually doing, in terms of what you want to do, right, in terms of why you are in the situation you are in, uh, and, and, and think about that, and think about What the end? Think again. Thinking about the end result, not just why you want to do, you know, your goal, your dream, but thinking about what then what it is you want to, why it is you want the results you're going to get from that, from going after your dream, right? So that the why is the most important thing. Next important thing, so why is number one closely tied? That is, is answering this question. Here's a question: What do you want your life to look like? simple question, right? What do you want your life to look like? I Every time I do a work life anything, workshop, article, seminar, keynote speech, book, this question is always in there and it's in there purposely because it is the most important question. What do you want your life to look like, right? Everything, you know, pre-COVID, I would say, what do you want your commute to look like what do you want your your type of work level of autonomy in your work level of management in your work your salary your benefits amount of time you spend at home amount of time you spend with the family amount of time you spend on your 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 hobbies whatever it is what is it you want your life to look like is so important and i think in today's covid um you know people, the joke is a lot of people don't have to commute to work and and with the joke is well, i I kind of like that and that's true Right, if you don't have to commute to work and you hated the commute, and a lot of people who have the are the ability to work from home are enjoying that, and I always say, well, why does this have to change when COVID's over? If you're able to do, if you're in a situation where you're able to do your job, why should it have to change when COVID is over? When you know we're opened back up and offices are open and safe, I mean, if you really think that being at home, whether it's in part or fully all the time, you can get your work done, then you should be fighting for that. You should be thinking about. How are you going to make that happen? Because it all comes down to, again, what you want your life to look like. You have to really think about that. Every aspect, your relationships, not just the money you're going to make, right? Like not all that stuff, but think about your relationships, your health, you know, all of that. Think about it so that you have, you can create a game plan from it. All right. Third point is kind of comes down to what, what I, I call the, you know, sacred time and sacred time is probably one of the most important strategies and tools you're going to have with work-life balance and what sacred time is is it is a block of time that you create on a basis that you think is appropriate could be every day could be every week could be every three days whatever it is okay you fit this time in and it is sacred it is not negotiable. It needs to happen. And it you can have several sacred times throughout the week, right? But there, you have to have a minimum of one. And it can be as simple as this is my sacred time when I turn off the technology and I sleep. These hours, boom, done. It's the sacred time of I need 15 in the mo- minutes in the morning to enjoy my coffee and talk to nobody. Or maybe talk to my best friend. Sacred time. I need half an hour every night with my children to hang out with them, to put them to bed and have no other distractions. Sacred time. It's my time at the karate dojo, running my marathon, training to run my marathon, watching Monday night football, whatever it is, sacred time, right? So you have to build in these sacred times and they have to not be negotiable. And if for some reason you have to like, you know, listen, there are weird circumstances that happen. They pull us away. But if it is, listen, something happened you can't have your 30 minutes with your child that night how you need to get that time back that time is not it, it is not a situation where well we just missed it this monday we'll do it again next monday absolutely not you are getting that time back sometimes double the time back it is sacred. You have to fight for it, like it's the most important thing in your life. Think about the most important person, most important item, most important um, memory you have, whatever it is. And now think about somebody stealing that and running down the street. You got to like get out of your, get off your ass and go get it. That's what its sacred time is, right? It's like someone taking the things that are most precious to you, coming in taking them down and running down the street and it's up to you to go get it and it's up to you to fight for it and rip it from that person's hand because that is what sacred time is about and if you can't figure that concept out then the things you're trying to hold sacred aren't important enough let me say that again if the things that you say are sacred don't cause that reaction that you need to fight for them no matter what then they are not important enough So check that third, fourth point. I kind of want to close on this one. And it's kind of like the two years after the fact, right? Like the first two points are really out of the book. The third point sacred time is something that's come out of me speaking over the last two years. And this last one is, is really, um, I guess a culmination of that. Um, and, and, well, it's not the last one. I'm going to do two two more. So this is the second to last one cuz something else just entered my head. But this one is just my kids are older now, right? My daughter's 4, my son is 7. Okay. And it took me about 2 years, a year and a half to write the book for a lot of different reasons. But you know there's a power to listening and being fully engaged and fully present. And that is something even I still struggle with at times, right? Like I'll be with my son and he'll want to play with me and I'll have my phone on me and he will be the one to tell me to put my darn phone away. Right? My kids want me to be fully present. He will. My son's going through a phase right now where he he absolutely loves professional wrestling, which I grew up as a wrestling fan. It's still part of who I am. I don't watch it a lot, but you know, bottom line is he's really into wrestling now and he's asking me all sorts of questions. Some days drives me crazy. Not going to lie. But instead of trying to dismiss all these questions, right, um, and he's at a point where he believes, I know everything about wrestling, and he'll be like, you know, did Randy Orton ever fight Andre the Giant? And I'm like, no, and he'll ask me why, and I'll try and tell him if they fought in different eras, and who do you think would win? And then I would tell him, like, we're having these discussions about wrestling, and at times when I'm really busy, I want to dismiss them. But listen, when it comes to work-life balance, you need to be fully <laughs> present with the people that mean something to you. And I would say you got to be fully present in almost everything. I mean, think about that. If you're with your team at work, you want to be fully present with them, right? Which is why work-life balance is important because if your mind is on things that are going wrong in your personal life, you're trying to fix in your personal life, you can't be present for your team. But with your family and those that you care about, when you're with them, can you fully engage with them? Can you turn the other aspects of your life off because you need to be there for them and to really engage with them and if the answer is no then do you have the type of relationship that you can build with them that you're open with them and say listen man i am distracted today i am not doing well this is what's going on right that's important that's a different level of being fully engaged all right so thinking about how you're fully engaged with folks um, when you're going through this journey So that leads me to the fifth and final point for today. Um, And I think this one is really, really important. They're all important, but this is something over the last two years as I've spoken, um, I've learned not directly because my son and daughter have taught it to me. Um, Actually, this comes from folks like you that listen to this podcast that have bought the book that have attended my workshops that have asked me really hard questions. And the, I, the more I hear it, the more it's important to really put this point out is that work-life balance is about harmony, but work-life balance is something you have to constantly advocate for. I talked in the other point about sacred time, but so you have to fight for your sacred time, but work-life balance, it's like a muscle. Okay, it is something you have to constantly be fighting for. No one is going to do it with you. Reading reports of companies that have fantastic work-life uh, policies and programs, ultimately some of them go underutilized because either company culture doesn't support it, but honestly they say a lot of folks just don't use them, and there's a lot, you can get into the culture behind an organization as to why that happens, but the bottom line is, if it's there and you do not ask, it will not happen. Okay, okay if it exists and you are there but you do not ask it will not happen when i used to you know work in an office setting sort of had a boss you know i remember when i would be offered a job i would always ask work life questions i would ask questions about the culture and how they supported work life balance and if i was offered the job i would then ask whatever question was important to me usually it had to do with commuting i don't like commuting Uh, especially when i'm living in winter weather states it's terrible to be in the middle of a blizzard you know and being forced to choose between having you know using a vacation day in some places don't give you a lot of vacation time um and or or and being safe or you know risking being on the road and not being safe and of course the freaking stupidity of it all is that during a snowstorm half the people call in sick or don't come in or that you know they're not there anyway, so how productive are you? But anyways, that's a different rant. But my point is that I learned over the years to advocate for my work-life balance. It's why I do some a certain level of my business is digital, it's coaching, right? It's digital. I like to be at home. I like to be around my family. COVID has been an interesting adjustment and it's had its challenges, but you know what? I, I kind of like my son being home from for school, not forever. What do I want my life to look like? Him back in school long-term. But for now, you know what? I enjoy being his teacher on certain subjects. I love teaching him science. I love teaching him social studies. I like doing a little bit of math with him. It's kind of fun. So, you know, you got to think about, you got to think about all this and you got to think about how you you need to keep repping the muscle. And if you've never asked or advocated for a work-life policy for yourself or some sort of adjustment to your schedule or just made a work positive work life choice you need to start today that is my challenge for you is to make you know start making a list of what you want to change and what you want your life to look like and then start making that first baby step and take that first baby step forward. OK, make that first baby step. And that's how you start developing your muscle. Even if someone tells you, no, you're getting into the habit of becoming familiar with advocating for yourself. And I think somewhere between being a child, I love children because they will tell you exactly what they think, you know, Um they, they they have no filter. They will just be honest. And one of the things is if they don't like it. They're going to tell you they don't like it. And they don't want to do it. And over time, we're told to sort of conform and sort of be compliant. And when we go to the working world, we become more compliant to our boss, to our co- customers and all that. And some of that's necessary. But somewhere along the way, we forget often to say what we think and to advocate for ourselves and if someone says you know you ask a kid if you want to eat a brussels sprout they're probably going to say no most kids my kid all right you ask uh, someone if they can work an extra shift on saturday even though they don't want to they sometimes don't say no right they'd be like oh i'll I'll make it work right there's this, this this weird power dynamic and i'm telling you you need to start you know picking away at those boundaries so that you can redefine who you are, and what the rules of the game are for you in your work-life journey. That is hard to do. That is something that is totally fixable, and it actually helps you determine uh, the question, what do you want your life to look like, and helps you evaluate whether the situation you're in is actually really a fit for that vision or not because sometimes we know it and sometimes we don't we're still trying to figure it out so those are the five lessons from the two-year-old's guide to work-life balance number one ask why all the time why 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 do you do why are you doing it why is the important result important why is it you want to do what you really want to do think about why you're in the situation you're in think about all that number two ask yourself what do you want your life to look like and be really thorough about it in the, con- in the co- context of covid Uh, you know, think about the parts of the way things are going now that I like and want to change, especially as it works to, uh, as it relates to telecommuting. Um, That's something that if you want to do more of post-COVID, that might be something to think about how you can make that work and see if your company, uh, where you're at is available to that. Um, The next point is, uh, is thinking about, sorry, frog in my throat. The the next point is, is thinking about whether, uh, you know, is, is to be present with your family, to be present with your friends, uh, and and to really not take uh, the time you have with folks for granted. And of course, uh, the last point that I just talked about is uh, being um, fully engaged and, and thinking how you need to develop work-life balance as a muscle, right? Work-life balance as a muscle, you need to constantly develop and get better. So that's it. That's the two-year-old's guide to work-life balance. If you've read the book, um, thank you. Uh, thank you for, for supporting it. If you have not, I'm putting in the show notes, you, Amazon, you, the link to the Amazon page, or you, you can Google the two-year-old's guide to work-life balance by Paul Artale, and you can grab yourself a copy. Of course, you can go to paulartale.com, P-A-U-L-A-R-T-A-L-E.com, P-A-U-L-A-R-T-A-L-E.com to learn more about the book, to learn more about me, to learn more about all of these things that I'm doing. And of course, as always, please like, subscribe, rate this show, download it, keep supporting it. Every week we're growing. I love doing this. Um, I'm so excited. So this week, you know, it's National Work-Life Week. Really focus on it. Think about your work-life balance, advocate for something, take care of yourself. I will see you next week. Let's go after those dreams hard, people. Have a good one.